Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. Okay. Um Oh, is that um, it? Was that the opening? <laughs> yes. That goes on for about 45 more seconds. That is it. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, that's, everyone. That's uh, all That's all she wrote. What a way to open the season three finale. <laughs> so strong. Such a strong beginning. <laughs> oh, man. David, we made it. We did it again. Welcome to Mullets and Memories, everybody. I am your host, Dave Champa. I'm your other host, Greg Klein. This is Mullets and Memories, episode 64. Today, Gregory and I will be speaking of Season 3, Episode 20, Murderer's Sky. Murderer's. Season season 3 finale. A murder. Murderer's. Jeez. Yeah, so we made it through three seasons. Three, 64 episodes. Three seasons. Now, the first thing... You'll notice is that this episode is about is uh well I'd say two episodes shy of a full season. Yeah, yes. I don't know why it was not a full season, and I don't know why next season, season four, is actually one episode less than this one. Weird. It's only nineteen episodes. So we could find this information out and actually inform our listeners, but we're gonna try to figure it out on our own. We probably could. And make up our own storyline. This finale and I, I hesitated to try to decide if I should wait to talk about this until the end of the episode, but this whole episode just didn't feel like it should be a finale. No, and it was funny because you had texted me earlier today and said, so I'm going to watch the finale in a few in a little bit. Yeah. And and I'm thinking, oh, did I miss an episode? Right. The finale? Yeah. And like, no, I watched it. It was just like any other episode, and it was actually quite a bit weaker. Yeah. Than I would have expected a season finale to be. Like when I think of season finale, especially for a show of this genre, mm-hmm. like I'm expecting like cliffhangers, nudity, uh, gunfights, yes, um, snapping turtles, all kinds of stuff. Right, something other than what we got. While I still think it was a solid episode, yeah, didn't fit into the same vein. It didn't feel like a season finale. Like I wanted. To be left hanging, thinking, like, what's going to happen to MacGyver? Right. Like, is Pete going to get his ginger ale? Right. I don't know. You know, I think this season ended as oddly as it started. Because it started with that two-parter. That's right, with Lisa. Well, right, with Lisa. Which, which didn't go anywhere. Yes, it did. That's right. She just morphed into Nikki Carpenter later. And then segued into Bigfoot. Right. So it got... The first beginning of the episode... Beginning of the season was strong, weird, bizarre, like right. pick an adjective. The end of the season just kind of like is fizzling out. It's, like, <laughs> it's just like it's almost like like oh this, this shit this year's a leap year. Damn, we lost a day, so I guess we'll just end it. I guess we'll just cut the episodes here. Like it felt to me like there should have been one maybe two more episodes. However, 
they ran out of time on the production schedule, yeah. and they just were like, you know what, let's just call it here, and we'll be done with it. Right. Like, it felt very abrupt. Yeah. Very weird. It, and we'll, we'll talk about it as we get to the end of the episode, but yeah, it's just that's a good way to put it. It was just mm-hmm. more abrupt, I think, than, than usual, especially given that this was the finale. Um, in the, the other interesting thing, too, is so this episode aired May 9th, 1988. Mm-hmm. The season four premiere didn't actually come on the air until Halloween of '88. Wow! So it was like five whole months until the until this episode until the season four premiere. Five months where the people were MacGyverless. Exactly. I mean, I don't know how often they ran reruns, but like their next new episode was Halloween of '88. Wow. Okay. Which, which was interesting. Um, so the whole summer with nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is typical, but most shows will be coming back. Like, what are we? We're recording. It's September sixth. Mm. Most shows will be coming back like this week for new seasons. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, including the new the new MacGyver, but we won't talk about that yet because we're not sure if we're going there. Right. Um, but yeah, we'll 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 kind of get into it more as we jump into season four. But let's uh, let's uh, let's get going on the finale here, shall we, Grego? Oh, I'd love to, David. Oh, all right. So you heard music <laughs> in the yeah. opening of the episode, and basically what you're seeing as that music is playing is this figure clad in black. She, he or she at this point, we don't know if it's a male or a female, is dressed all in black, and uh, this figure is is breaking into to a shipping company. Right. It's called the Jade Dragon, and they're in Los Angeles. The Jade Dragon, just like the Jade Dragon that we had in that episode. Was it the Jade Dragon? I thought it was Jade. No, no it was the was Ming Dragon. The Ming Dragon made out of Jade. Exactly. Um, and so we're at Los Angeles Harbor, and this 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 unknown figure is like getting a crossbow ready mm-hmm. like you see like cock the, the crossbow and put an arrow in it and like mm-hmm. get it all set up mm-hmm. and this whole thing takes place over about probably 45 oh, seconds to be clear it's at night it so is it's, at night. it's dark snooping espionage kind of stuff right yeah kind of cool yeah it was, it was a ni- it was a nice little scene and this this whole actually opening sequence was probably one of the best scenes in the entire episode mm-hmm. so we cut to the inside of the office of the the jade dragon company yeah and um we meet the owner whose name is adam and then we meet the vice president whose name is raymond ling ah yes raymond and he's <laughs> good old raymond good old good old Ra- raymond and adam right and uh very so, very chinese name exactly so raymond is bringing adam over some tea and he's he's telling adam he's like listen uh we got the phoenix foundation they're, they're on their way but they're actually going to be getting here a little bit late um and they're they're we're kind of they they want to hope that they they want to find out who's who's trying to buy out the Jade Dragon because at this point there's there's somebody who wants to buy them out mm-hmm. and get the money right um, but Adam isn't really willing to to do that at this point right and uh, they do mention something about a hostile takeover right like yeah uh, and no sooner does he say that than Raymond leaves and this unnamed or unknown intruder scales down like repels down. The side of the building and uh-huh. just sort of starts. It was just dangling, dangling there in front of Adam's window. Yeah, Adam gets up, walks across his office, and then notices this person dangling outside of the window, who's leveling a crossbow at his head. Like not a big crossbow, a pistol crossbow, right. a small one, and fires the bolt. And he ducks. He drops to the ground. Luckily, but 
it's what I liked was this was a freaking exploding yes. tipped it was, it bolt. Was a, it was a hell of an explosion too. And I'm like, wow! So this person was gonna shoot Adam with an exploding crossbow bolt? Could you imagine if it made contact? That was I'd be like, yeah, they would a, have dental records. Hopefully, maybe, maybe <laughs> there wouldn't be much left. Of um, him. so basically, it, it hits the wall and like blows up the wall. But he is he he like he dropped down below, kind of like an armoire or something, right? And uh, there's enough to shield him that he didn't get the direct blast, but he got pretty jacked up. So he's unconscious and. Uh, Raymond comes in and you see him like throw himself. He, he doesn't throw himself out the window. Oh, he's, like, he's leaning out the window and he's like waving at all the workers. He's trying to get somebody to come up and like call the paramedics because you know his boss is mm-hmm. unconscious on the floor. And right. uh, security starts kind of coming in here. And as the security's running by, we see like a lift go by with a with a freighter underneath it, like and, a ship, like a, a shipping container. Yes, a big shipping container and like a and a dock, uh, like a dock vehicle but not like not a flatbed but the kind that can pick up the the shipping containers and right. move them around and this container is hollow underneath and we right. see we see the intruder like kind of like flips him or herself up inside it and just hides as the as the lift goes by and the mm-hmm. security goes by one way the lift goes by that way clever and uh yeah, it was it was not it was a cool it was a nice escape i did like that yeah i did i did so now they get outside and the driver hops down and the driver's name is wayne and uh, at this point, he's—I don't know if he's nervous or if he just doesn't want to be a part of this anymore. But he kind of tells the, uh, the this person, he's like, "Yeah, you're on your own now. We're, you're, we're good. Like yeah. we're square." And, he and they're takes still off and running, still inside the confines of the shipping of the of the dock, like, right where everything is, right. Um, yeah. uh, um, so so the intruder starts taking off uh, the costume, and it's revealed to be a woman. And this woman is played by once again. Uh, we have the return of Tia Carrera, mm-hmm. who we last saw in the season two episode four was the Wish Child, right? As uh, the brother, the sister of, fuck, I can't remember the kid's name. Wish Child kid, the Wish Child kid, um, and and she was like wrestling MacGyver in his apartment. That's right, doing judo or something. That's right. Yes, yeah. And so she takes off all of her clothes, and it's now she's like in a bathing suit, and she throws the backpack over her shoulder. Throws the throws the bag over the water into the harbor, and then she goes in and swims away. What like I'm like why? Hope so that- she basically takes off all of her clothes, and she just has like this black bathing suit on, right? And then just like struts over to the water and then disappears. I'm like she could have just like walked right. away. And I really hope that stripping. backpack is waterproof. I know. <laughs> She's like toss yeah. it with the grappling hook that, inside. That to and- me was a little a little blatant <laughs> TNA. Oh yeah, like, but it wasn't even really too because it was just like a full. Right, black bathing suit. Right, <laughs> there was right. nothing revealing about it. Yeah, <laughs> so I was like, eh, whatever. Um, so we're we're at the hospital, and um, Petey and MacGyver show up at the hospital. And- oh, oh, we got to make a point though that Adam was waiting for Pete and MacGyver to show up at the shipping at the office at the shipping yes. company because they, whatever the Phoenix Foundation, was putting all of their might into figuring out who was trying to buy. The Jade Dragon. Because why not? Right, because that's what... Because they're just a think tank. That's what they do. They they figure out international um, money stuff. Money things. Wow. <laughs> what the What heck? a brain fart, Greg. That was awful. <laughs> and they're looking at international money <laughs> thing stuff. Okay, guys. I <laughs> suck. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so Adam is clearly like he's he's looks like he's about ready to slip into a coma. Yeah, he he's not doing very well. Um, Pete 
is telling MacGyver that the Foundation has figured out that there's a there's a there's a criminal cartel out of Hong Kong that's trying to obtain the Jade Dragon. Okay, they're going to use the Jade Dragon to ship illegal goods across the world. Okay, so okay makes sense. So, but they know this now. They know this international monies monies. They know about this international monies, (laughs) right? So, isn't the whole plan foiled? Yeah. Why would you use this now that everybody knows? They know that this whatever this criminal this cart this Hong Kong cartel like they know that they're this what this criminal this this criminal international money brokers. Yeah. So you're right. So the founder like they know that this there's a cartel that's trying to buy the Jade Dragon and use it to ship goods. Yeah. So just watch the Jade Dragon for any signs of a cartel or something like something suspicious. And you'll know that it's probably. You think they're going to hook up with the uh, Alamesa uh, um, chem- chemical company or whatever? Do you think, they got back, you think they got back on their feet? I think they got back on their feet. So now think maybe earthquakes running it. Yeah, earthquakes <laughs> running it. So the Jade Dragon is going to be smuggling uh, toxic waste out of the United States to to dump. Oh, it's in millions the, in the billions. Galapagos Islands. The Galapagos. The Galapagos. <laughs> and their giant turtles. <laughs> so Adam is revealed to be the only living owner of the company. And basically, when he dies, like the company will be basically able to be bought out. Right, because it can't go to anybody else. It can't go to his son. He doesn't, his son's dead. But what? that's not true. Wait, what? Because it's revealed 30 seconds later that Chung has a grandson. Chung? Oh, yeah, Adam. Adam. Chung. I'm sorry. Adam Chung is his name. Okay. He's got a grandson. Oh. He's 14 years old. And he lives in a monastery. Of course he does. <laughs> so, and I just sees this. He wants he, but he want, he only wants Luke to take control of the company only if he wants to. I'm like, the, the grandson's name is Luke. The, yeah, grandson's name is Luke, and Adam's like he. But I want him to take control of this, but only if he wants to. But wait, didn't you just say that you don't want anything? Like if somebody buys this out, like you're, where the company's done. Yeah, don't you not want that to happen? But you want your grandson to have a choice. Right. Well, he's like, have him come down only if he wants to. Go get him, but don't force him to come here. Right. Because um, as we learned, like, they've never met. Right. Exactly. But I, we learn in the next scene that Luke knows of his grandfather. Yeah. But just knows that, that they've actually never seen each other. So mm. they go to the monastery, or MacGyver goes to the monastery to sort of try to retrieve Luke and the, expects Luke to be older. He, yeah. Pete didn't give him any information. Yeah, he's just like, go to the monastery and ask for Luke. Even though MacGyver was right there at the bedside and right. probably heard everything. Right. Hey, Luke. He's just like wandering through. Luke. Yeah. Anybody? No? Hey, no Luke. <laughs> so it doesn't take Hi. him long. So Luke shows up and he's like, yeah, that's me. And now this guy, this is an actor. He's not. He's a, He's more of a stunt coordinator at this point, but he's very uh-huh. skilled. Yes, that's Ernie Reyes Jr. Uh huh. And first thing I saw when I saw him, I was like, "It's dude. It's Kino from Ninja Turtles Two. Yes, Secret of the Ooze. I thought so too. So this would have been. So this was eighty eight. So this would have been ninety one. So only three years later, he does Secret th- of the Ooze. They did Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, does all his own stunts, and you see it in the, in one of the following scenes in the episode, and that mm-hmm. was right there. I was like, that's now. I I I don't really know much about this actor, but I recognize him, and I've seen him in other stuff. Surf ninjas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I spit on your basement floor that's again. Fine. He was in the rundown. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bunch of stuff, but I couldn't tell. You think he was actually fourteen when? Like, you think he was older than that? I think because I think in Ninja Turtles two, 
I honestly think he was late. Well, I, no, maybe he was 14 because I think he was late teens, early 20s yeah. in Ninja Turtles 2. Yeah, I so, think the timeline is pretty correct. I don't know if he was 14, but I bet you anything he was probably pretty close. And he looked the part. I mean, he yeah. looked young. Right. I mean, he just has a young face. And even in, mm-hmm. in, in, in Secret of the Ooze, he even looked, he looked pretty young in that. Right. In that movie, but Damn, that's a fun movie. That's a great movie. I oh. love that. I love that movie. Um, but yeah, oh. so he played Kino, and he did all his stunts in that, and he was like the stunt coordinator mm-hmm. for that movie. And you could tell that he was doing all his stunts in this movie. Oh, in this, totally. In this episode yeah, too, yeah, and yeah. It was so good because it just added that realism because it was really him. But I just want to make a point. So he's at the monastery, and I don't know what the proper um, word is, but he's got like a robes on. Yep, he looks very the part. However, this uh, this isn't like a Christian or Catholic monastery, or whatever. I don't think so. We never get an idea. I thought it was what, very um, Eastern. Like, he mentions you know, monks at yes. one point, so so I think it was more like you know Buddhist. I would think that, that. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so he's dressed. He looks the part. But then they leave. He's like, "I'm ready to go now. Yes. I'm ready. I can go. I've never met my grandfather before, and I would like to meet him." What I'm I love to go. What I love about the scene, yeah, is that MacGyver meets him and says, you know, he kind of explains to Luke, and he's like, "Oh, is this Luke's like is this about my grandfather? Let me get my things." Yeah. So he he walks off to go get his stuff, and then he comes back for a second. They have a conversation, and then Luke decides to go, and he's like, "Yeah, I know, I'm ready now," but doesn't yeah. pack anything and just like leaves. Yeah. He just leaves. <laughs> I'm ready to go now. Uh, but okay, I was going to cool. say the next scene we see him, and he's not dressed like that anymore. No. He's dressed like with a, a flannel shirt or plaid shirt. Yeah. And a jacket and jeans and shoes. He was just wearing that under the robes, right? I don't know, so I don't know what the point was, right? Like keep him, keep it the same, right? Like have he looked dignified and like he he looked like the age he was acting. You know, he was right. He was was a lot more mature than you expected him to be. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What? Whatever. I'm not the wardrobe person. Yes. No, you're not. And I, I know I'm not. I just said that. Yes, you are. What? What? Hi. So they get to the hospital. And Adam has indeed, his grandfather, has indeed slipped into a coma. And so we meet this guy. He's like an orderly. His name is Steve. Oh, Steve. And I immediately knew something was going on with him. I'm like, dude, there's something weird about this guy. (laughs) Yeah, just just the way he was. It's like, come on. He's obviously. And he's clearly working for the cartel. Right. And because in the next scene, he walks away and you see him like go into a booth and he just sits there and like stares through the window like a creep. Right, right. Gets on the phone. I know. <laughs> and he calls. He calls back to the other guy, um, Alistair. Alistair, or the new character. A new yeah, character. He meets. Al- he calls Alistair, who's basically the L.A. Re- representative of this Hong Kong cartel. Okay, whatever. Yeah, um, basically. I wish that he had called Quail. Oh God, that would have been a great way to I bring know, him back be in. Quail. He's he's Quail's disappeared for a year or two and comes back as the head of this because like, he's been building this Hong Kong criminal cartel, right? <laughs> and he, and he, he, oh, oh man. man, that'd be great. <laughs> Oh, he like smokes opium now. It's a missed opportunity for the love of fuck. So this scene, I don't know. Okay, now so he calls he calls Alistair and he's like, "Listen, dude, like Adam's got a grandson." What? That's bullshit. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's got a grandson. No, no, and and his butt, the guy that, uh, uh, who who? Adam's Luke, buddy Luke, yeah, the grandson. No, no, Adam. Yeah, the head of the shipping. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, his the vice president, the vice president. Raymond. Raymond, right? Yeah. Jeez, I suck with names. That's okay. I suck with names. That's okay. I suck. I love you. You with names. I love Wait, you. what? Just continue. What um, so yeah, so Raymond, <laughs> Raymond, 
Yes. It's like, yeah, we knew he had a son, but there's no, no mention of a grandson. And he, we knew his son was dead. He died in an accident like 18 years ago right. or whatever, so, which wouldn't make it possible. So less than that. He died 10 years ago. I don't know. Yeah, he said he did. He died a number of years ago. And so <laughs> Alistair's like, <laughs> That's better. well, clearly in enough time for him to pop out a grandson. Yeah, without without a wife or an, without a woman, he just, he just made a grandson. He's only got 23 chromosomes. We don't know how he's operating. Right. <laughs> So Alistair, he, he tells Raymond, he's like, so have go ahead and have Wayne. He's like, have Wayne and all his men go ahead and just kill the guy, kill the kid. Yeah. Just kill him. And, and just, but make it look like a mugging. Rub him out. Do it, and do it tonight. <laughs> yeah, right. And do it tonight. And so like, okay. Oh, boy. They, they do. And so they do. So, okay. So this scene, not this is not the parking garage. This is right before they leave for the parking garage. I don't know what it was about this scene, but I, I had a smile watching this scene when he does the Jerjun yeah. to his grandfather. So he does oh, this yes. like ancient, it's like an ancient like mystical, I don't know what you want to call it, but it's yeah. called the the Jerjun is yeah. what he refers to it as. And basically what it is is he's like, it's like an acupuncture type yeah. where he's like, he finds these pressure points and what this pre- what these pressure points are doing is they're starting to improve his grandfather's conditions. He's not getting out, he's not, rem- he's not waking up from the coma but his pulses are strengthening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his heartbeat is getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Like his pulse is picking up. So he's like got his ankles. And so he's you got said like, the same thing three different ways. Yes, I did. Just in case people didn't realize that those were all the same thing, Greg. I just want to make sure. You like stupid I, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I want everybody should know that we're medical doctors. We are. And I don't know about I don't know why I lo- but I thought that scene was just really cool and it really was. well done. And at that point, I wrote a note here and I watched this whole thing go down. And you just got like the mysticism of it all, and they get the music, <laughs> and I'm like, I felt like we were watching Wish Child Two, Wish Harder <laughs> during the episode. Wish Child Two, the wishing, <laughs> the wishing. <laughs> so he wishified a his, good uh, day to wish hard, <laughs> live free or wish hard, Li- wish hard, wish as hard as you can. That's what it felt like. It felt like a, like a, no pun intended, a, spir- a spiritual successor to oh, the Wish yeah. Child. The only thing that would have made it better is if they get to the parking garage and Mr. Hong is in the back going, <laughs> Wish Child, he's come like, back. He's like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. Oh, boy. So, so, they, so basically the grandfather, Adam, comes out of the coma. Right. And, 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 the, and uh, they're there. MacGyver's there. And Luke are there, and the guy, you know, Adam comes out of the coma, and the doctor walks in, and he's like, "Okay, you guys need to go. There's nothing you can do here, except like, that the grandson literally just improved his vitals tenfold." I know the doctor's <laughs> like, "You guys will just be in the way. Please leave." Oh, okay, all right. And all you right. Got Steve, the orderly, who's like creeping in the back. <laughs> Yeah. So here we get to the best scene in the entire episode. I think so. So MacGyver and uh, Luke are walking to the car, and Wayne and his men just sort of circling them. They start circling them around. They show up. So MacGyver and Luke are walking towards a car, I guess Max Jeep or something. Yeah. And then this single car comes squealing down the uh, into the parking garage in the basement, cuts them off. Right. And like five guys get out of this one car. And then he's like, okay, 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 we're just going to back off. And they start backing up. And through the door that they just enter the parking garage in that goes back into the the hospital, like six more guys come out. They're like, oh, The MacGyver's starting to panic. He's like, all right, guys, 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 come on. Let's just just, just let us get out of here. We'll leave you all alone. Yeah, it's like take take our money, whatever. Like we're not here for the money. 
We're here for you. Right. And so Wayne's got like a big giant wrench in his hand. Uh huh. And they all just kind of converge and MacGyver finds a metal pipe somewhere in the parking garage. Yeah. Because as he does. Yes. And Luke just obliterates the entire group of guys with martial arts. Yeah. He just kicks their destroys asses. Destroys them. And MacGyver held his own, to be fair. MacGyver did very well. He had a big metal pipe and was beating the shit out of people. Yeah. And I just think knowing that like Ernie Reyes Jr. was doing all these stunts himself. Right. At least to my knowledge, cars and stuff, fucking phenomenal. It was great. It was a fantastic fight scene. Yeah. And after he knocks all the guys out, they're kind of crawling away. One guy kind of gets up, and Luke is still standing and looking around, and he's still pursuing them. He's like, "Come on, get up!" Right, right. And he's like, "Keep." He's keeping after them. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty tough. I I thought it was it was great. Yeah. Probably the best scene, best scene in the episode. And MacGyver says, "You you learned that at the monastery." Yeah, yeah, I did. They they all taught us. They taught yeah, us how to protect ourselves. How they taught, that's how they and teach us. And was like, "Oh, we're friends, right?" <laughs> I that was I love that. Like, yeah, we're really we're good, right? You and I we're cool. Uh huh. Like, yeah, we're fine. All yeah, right, cool, awesome. <laughs> so Alistair gets word, and he hears that Adam has is starting to recover yeah. um, because of Luke, whatever Luke did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, "All right, well, I guess we're gonna have to take care of this." So he he gives he hands Steve he hands the orderly. Like a poison. It's like a little vial with this yellow liquid in it. Yeah. He's like, you're going to go ahead and you're going to find a way to get this into his, you can put it in his soup, whatever. Yeah. But you're going to kill him. And Steve's like, definitely not going to go ahead and commit murder. I've never actually killed a person before. And right. Steve's like, or Alistair's like, well, there's always a first time. Yeah. I'm like, whoo. Just doesn't care. And the guy's like, okay. I, I Because he they, they had him. Like, either right. you kill him or we kill you and your family and everybody else like, right exactly so oh, okay so raymond he calls in uh the, the woman tia carrera's character her name is Tew, and he basically she like threatens and forces steve to go ahead and do it she right like, no, you're gonna fucking do it and i'll take care of luke myself you go fucking do it you're gonna kill him with that that stuff right <laughs> i don't okay i don't yeah. know that's how tia carrera talks so two is basically like yeah you do this i'll go ahead and kill luke i'll take care of him so kill Luke. We get back to uh, Luke and MacGyver, and they're at the hospital with the grandfather. And Adam was like, um, "I sent." Adam tells Luke like he sent Adam to the monastery after his dad died, hmm. and he's like, "I blame myself for not giving you more of a life." But Luke's like, "Nope, you don't owe me anything. Like, yeah. I probably learned more there than I would have in right. any other place." Um, and so Luke heads back to his grandfather's house. And MacGyver and Pete are in Adam's office, and they're kind of just like bumming around, like looking for clues mm-hmm. as to maybe what what happened. And I love this. God, it's such a fucking dipshit. He looks outside, <laughs> and he's like looking at all the workers, and he looks down, and he looks at a monkey wrench. He looks at the wrench, and he goes, "Hey, that's the same wrench that Wayne attacked. That there's a guy who attacked me with." And yeah, I'm like. So is it possible that there's more than one of those wrenches? No, he said it's the same kind of wrench. But I'm like, okay, but there's probably more than one of those kinds of wrenches. But it's a very, it's a specific type of wrench. Uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you, David. Greg. What? You just went ahead and did that to me, didn't you? MacGyver said it was a similar kind of wrench. It's the kind of wrench that you use to tighten tie downs on trailers. So they only made one kind of, oh, one of those wrenches oh in the world? Is that what you're saying? David, you know what? You know what, David? Sometimes you just have to be a guy and a thing. You just, just stop and you come around. You know what? And then what? I thought, I thought I had a good criticism of the episode, and then you went ahead and you squashed it. Well, it was. It... <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right. Fine, fine. He said that that's a specific type of wrench, and he thinks that's what the guy used to try to 
beat him with. Okay. Uh, I just want to say about all those criminals, those guys that tried to beat them up. Yeah. So they all arrived from different places. Right. But they all left in that one car. They sure did. They all got they that one all car. jumped in that car. Six of them at least? More than that. More than at six. least. Probably maybe six or seven or eight. <laughs> they're like hanging out like their legs were sticking out the windows anyway. Um, <laughs> and MacGyver, MacGyver saw that wrench and knew it was kismet. So he's like, all right, so clearly the guy who did that works here. And so he has Pete go through. Or is it Pete? Or, or Ray, was Raymond in there with them? Um, I think Raymond was in there. But no, who? who, who it may be just it? a nondescript. It was another guy. A it, was nondescript an, it wasn't employee. Raymond. It was just somebody else. It was their dock security. The oh, of, oh, that's right. The head of security. That's right. So he finds them within probably two searches he yeah. goes from one well, picture MacGyver to the next. told him he's like he's a he's, manchu yeah he's kind of like a fu manchu style mustache long hair it's like oh yeah we just hired a guy a couple days ago that looks like that and he pulls him up and max like oh yeah that's him so his name is wayne lynn and uh-huh. max like yeah no that's the guy that's yeah. our guy and okay, they just there he, is. he and pete just like bail and they're just like all right peace out we're gonna go figure this out um so wayne actually ended up quitting the shipping company uh, right after the attempt on Adam's life. So they're mm-hmm. like, okay, that's a little too coincidental. Right. Um, so uh, Tia Carrera, I'm not going to pronounce her name because I think I'm butchering it. So she visits the grandfather's house and she's like talking to the security guard and she's like, no, I'm a member of the family. I'm just going to drop off a gift for them. And she's uh-huh. like, the, which I got to give the security guard credit because you normally get like the dipshits who's like, yeah, all right, you're good. You're a family member. Right. And he like refuses to let her in. He was really grilling her. So he gets in there and he gets on the video monitor with, with Luke and Luke's like, uh, the security guard's like, yeah, he, she claims that she's family. She's got a gift for you guys. And so she starts talking to Luke through the monitor and she pulls up the cage with the lovebirds yeah. in it. And she's yeah. like, yeah, I'm just dropping this off for your grandfather. I promise I'm just going to come in and drop it off. And Luke's like, yeah, go ahead and let her in. And... He didn't just let her in, which I appreciated. He scans her. Like he does yeah. the he does the wand. Yeah. He does the wand sure. on her body and then he wands her purse and he's like, mm-hmm. All right, you're good. So I, I have to give him credit for checking. Yeah. Well, and, he was a, an above average security guard. For this for, show. For this show. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Indeed. Indeed. So we know that Wayne he got a job with uh the J Dragon. Basically oh, Pete's the Jade the Dragon. Pete's concerned because Wayne has no credentials. Right. Yet they immediately hired him at the J Drag. <laughs> right. It's like a dangerous place. It's like longshoremen dock worker union right. stuff. Right. You know, just appear. Right. He just shows up and he's on freaking payroll. Right. Like, the okay. day after. Okay. Whatever. You're good, okay, man. I'm just gonna just gonna hire you. Just hire you. Take this wrench that apparently they've only made one of in this entire world. This one wrench and come work on International money moving. Just, yeah, you can go drive that lift, right? You're licensed to drive that Ship, lift, right? Shipping. That's what I love. Like he's clearly yeah, right. he's licensed to drive this giant lift. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got thirty tons of freight right here. I'm just driving it around. You know how to do this, right? You can lift them yeah. up, and you. Yeah, no, no, no. It'll be fine. Just, yeah. give, me, just give me the job. Just, give me the job. just give it to me. Give me the job. Oh, okay. Yes, All right, sir. cool. Okay. So we get back. We get back to Adam's house, and 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 Tia Carrera and Luke are they're just like chatting about Luke and his life and things like that. And you know, she's like, "Well, I noticed that you've seen you haven't really seen like poverty, and you you haven't been through all this misery in the world." And and uh, you know, she's just I don't know why, like you know, you claim to know this, this, and this. And so Luke's like, clearly, you've been hurt. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luke is like way, way beyond his years. And she just completely brushes past that. And she, yeah. he's like, I'm going to go get some tea. Do you want some of that? Right. So I thought at least at this moment, she would have a, like a lapse a little bit. 
Right. But she doesn't. She's a machine and she wants to kill this kid. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she Great. has no heart for this kid because as he's making tea, mm-hmm. she goes over to the lovebird cage and she like activates this dart firing mechanism. <laughs> right. In the base of the cage. So the cage, it's like a picture like a bird cage. It's maybe three feet tall and there's a, a base in the bottom that is maybe two inches thick. Right. So it's got this mechanism in there that will shoot darts out 360 degrees all the way around the bottom right. of this cage for whoever is standing within probably six feet of it would get hit by a dart. Oh, easily. Yeah. And it doesn't look conspicuous to him that no. there's a cage with six to eight weirdly placed holes right in the base of this cage. Yeah. He's just like looking at the birds and uh-huh. he's playing the music in the music box. And, and she excuses. She's like, oh, you know, I really didn't realize what time was. I have to get going. So she bails and yeah. drives out, and MacGyver is just parked out front. Well, he shows up. He like he's he's figuring things. Somehow he figured out like no, he shows up. He That's just right. shows up. He does. He wasn't parked out there. And he's talking to the security oh. guard, <laughs> talking to the security guard, and the security guard says, "Oh yeah, somebody just went in to bring a gift." And he's right. like, "Wait, what gift? What? Huh? What?" Let me in right and now. He guns it. Yeah. <laughs> and just like it. barrels into the house. And we cut back and Luke's just like listening to the music and you kind of hear like the mechanism going. Yeah. And you see one shot of like the one of the holes like starts moving a little bit and like getting prepped. Yeah. Like the door opens on the front. It's like shh. Yeah. And as yeah. this is happening, MacGyver like runs in and he's like, Luke, floor. And he like dives down uh-huh. all slow motion. <laughs> yeah, it was good. A lot of slow-mo shots. And he like tackles Luke to the ground and then uh-huh. you see all the darts just <laughs> Yeah, all at once, come flying out. It of It was ca- amazing. They like shoot through ferns and plants and all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah. and wreck everything at like waist height. Oh, it was great. Oh yeah, great really well scene. done. I yeah. thought it was cool. I thought that was a neat little weapon. Right. Though, where a did they make that for this purpose? If not, where do you find one? Where do you find an assassin's birdcage? I'm looking for. The, I'm looking for an assassin's birdcage. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry. What is? What's the? What is that? You know. It's, it's a birdcage for assassins with the holes in the bottom that you shoot the darts. Do you, um, do you know what that is? That's not a thing, sir. Join. Oh my! Am I not speaking in code? N- nope. There's no code for assassins birdcage. No, hold on, hold on, wait. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna leave, and I'm gonna yep. come back, and I'm gonna give. You, uh, okay. <clears throat> uh, I'm looking for the. Uh, looking for the bird's shithole. Don't know is what that, that is, that, sir. No, no that's nope. not the no. Don't. So you don't. So you don't know what I'm, you don't make that. Is this like part of the trick? Like no, you pretend no, for a few minutes no, that we're going back and forth. <laughs> that's, you would think because um, you're asking for assassin stuff, but there's no such thing as an assassin's birdcage. You're not a, really a pet store, though, right? Uh, like, you, yeah. Is this a front for something? Well, I mean, I don't want to say I don't don't sell pets, but they may or may not be full of other things. <laughs> so you don't. So you don't know. You see, I'm gonna try one more time. I'm looking for the assassin's birdcage. I don't. I don't know what you're saying. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Thank you for your time. You're welcome. <laughs> he just like walks out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Luke and MacGyver like they're like kind of like brushing off, and MacGyver looks over, notices that uh, uh, that Tia Carrera has left her purse behind. Yeah. What? Lamo, and it's not really a purse it's just like a giant sack it's, <laughs> it's like big, a big giant leather sack <laughs> sitting on the sack. ground it's a sack so he opens it up and no less than one second later a giant cobra right just like Kills lifts out. up out of the bag and macgyver's oh. starting to panic he's like yeah. oh shit i know like a cobra comes out of the purse and we get our third slow motion sequence of the episode yeah. where luke has a dart and he underhand whips it 
right yeah. into the throat if it's, if a cobra has a throat. Yeah. But like literally in the about right into the throat of the cobra and the cobra just like <laughs> and falls over and a falls bit. Falls over and then MacGyver does like the shaky hand scare like yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> like Indiana Jones doesn't like snakes. Yeah. yeah MacGyver's like <laughs> he's like wow, you wow, you, that was amazing. That so, was an amazing shot. So I'm just going to I'm just going to um do a comparison here. So last week's or last um the last episode we did. Yes, the um, endangered. MacGyver had to go see an old girlfriend because he almost got killed. Right. So he almost got killed right now. Do you think he's going to have to fly back out there and find her? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, he almost got bit by a giant cobra. He almost got killed by darts. Yeah, I got to find Karen. <laughs> killed by darts and then bit <laughs> by a cobra. I got to find Karen. I got to get her back. <laughs> this is just too much for me. By this time he takes Luke along. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna use Luke as leverage. He's like, this, this is this is our son, Karen. Luke, how old are you? I'm 14. God damn it, Luke! I said you said say three. Luke, you're supposed to be three. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> MacGyver, honey. You know, if we had a child, I would know. <laughs> <laughs> that just clicked with me too. I was like, what? All right. <laughs> Oh God! So, uh, so MacGyver, no, I got a surrogate, <laughs> <laughs> but I would know if you took my eggs. No, no, you wouldn't. No, you sleep really deeply. I took them myself. <laughs> I took them myself. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, so <laughs> the phone rings at the grandfather's house, and MacGyver picks up. He gets really kind of like freaked out on the phone. He hangs up and he goes, "Luke, we got to go." And they get to the hospital and they realize that that the grandfather's getting really, really bad. Like things yeah. are getting worse. And just as they arrive, they're wheeling the grandfather out, and he's unfortunately passed away. Yeah. And uh, Luke's like, "Hold on, wait." And he pulls the blanket back and he lifts his eyelids up and he's like, "Yeah, he was murdered. Uh huh. He was definitely poisoned." Yeah. And they're like, "What? The no. fuck do you know that?" Yeah. Well, I think he really only says that to MacGyver. Like, Does he say it to the MacGyver? He, he says, "My father. He he's he's been poisoned. Yeah, like he's he got poisoned, and and then he basically told MacGyver like, yeah, he was murdered. Like, and he said, MacGyver's like, how do you know that? He's like, right. well, because you see, his eyes were yellow. I know a poison that does that. This kid's fourteen years old. And he a, knows exactly what kind of poison it was. Of course, he does." So we get back to the grandfather's house, and, and uh, MacGyver and Pete get there, and Luke's nowhere to be found. They have no idea where he is, but they get there, and they see this like statue has been set up like in the corner, and MacGyver, I don't know how MacGyver knows this, um, but he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, that, that statue is not like a, a, a prayer, sta- prayer statue. He's, he's setting up a revenge. Like, this, yeah. is a, this is a statue of vengeance. Like he's yeah. going out for revenge. He's going to find the people who did this. So while this is all happening, we Which find is so not Luke. No, it's really uncharacteristic yeah. of him. And at the same yeah. time, this is happening. We find out that the orderly Steve was mm. found dead. Yes, right. Shortly after, shortly after the grandfather died from the poisoning. Right. And uh, the coroner did find poison. It was in the the lining of the IV tube. Right is where they found it. And so the po- apparently it was so rare. That not, no systems or computers or anything, nothing would be able to detect it um, if Luke hadn't actually told them about it. Right, exactly. So Luke's gone out to find the poison. And so MacGyver's like wandering the streets at night and he's like going to the apothecary. 
and he sees Luke walking out of one of the one of the apothecaries, and he's like, right. "What do you come over here? What are you play? Like, what are you doing?" Oh, hi, MacGyver. He's like, "No, there's only three. This is one. This place doesn't have the the." the stuff that I'm looking for, but there's three more that I'm going to look at. Yeah. And he, and he gives this whole thing about how in his grandfather's culture, he's like, you're not supposed to live under the same sky as one of your family members' murderers. Right. So he's like, that's what I'm doing right now. Like, I have to do this because yeah. I can't live under the same sky right. as my grandfather's murderer. Right. And Luke's, or, or MacGyver's like, no, Luke, just let's go to the cops. Or at least, let, why don't you go home and you let me go to the apothecary. Mm. I will find these. If I find them, then I will bring them back to you. Yeah, and they start walking off, and after Luke kind of agrees that like this might be the better plan, when uh, uh, Raymond and Tew arrive, and they're like, "You guys, why don't you go ahead and just come? Why with don't us? you come in the car with us? Nah, come in our car. We'll take you somewhere. Right? We're gonna take you. We're gonna take you to the the <laughs> Panther Party. What was the name of that club? The Sex Sperm, Sex Primal sperm. Spawn, Primal Spawn." <laughs> That I don't think is the correct name. No, Primal. We're gonna take you to Primal. Primal Rage. That's party. a video game and a good oh, one. It is. That. Yeah, it's really it's fun. Di- isn't it's it? the dinosaurs. That's right. Um. So yeah. they naturally lock MacGyver and Luke up together, untied, untied in the basement of a nondescript shop. I, I don't know yeah, where they are. Somewhere doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't effing matter. Right. So MacGyver's like he's wandering around. He's trying to like kind of get his lay of the land. And uh, he sees these boards, and they're written in Chinese. And Luke dis- deciphers it, and is like, "Oh no, this is a uh, a, a plea for protection. Right. Whoever was down here needed to be protected from something." Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> MacGyver was like, "Yeah, these 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 laborers. He's like, they they used to dig. They would dig escape tunnels through, right. under the city, like all throughout these tunnel systems, uh-huh. like throughout the cities. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, they would uh, they would they would dig these these tunnels out, so we could find one in here." Most definitely, I'm sure we can find a secret tunnel. In and here. so, as he's doing this, he's taking apart like a, a giant, like a uh, like oh my a, god, like a tube radio, like whatever. a big tube ra- like a big like console radio. Yes. And so, what he's doing is he's going to he's using the speakers as like sonar projectors. Yeah. And I love this because he fucking with his bare hands pulls the wiring out of the front of a plug. Right. Nope. Nope. I, I wrote that. Yeah. So nope. like, he okay. This is the most blatantly bullshit thing ever. So he takes the two speakers. Of course, it's stereo, so they're two speakers. Sure. So he takes the two speakers out with his bare hands without any tools. And of then, course. And then he takes with the- With no effort, mind no, you. No effort. Pop like, pulls them right out. Ah, done. Then picks up the power cord to the radio and with his bare hands pulls off the, the plug. Pulls it right off. No effort. Wires it into the speakers directly and then plugs it into the wall. Right. He plugs it in, wired straight up to speakers. Yep. So yep. you can YouTube this. Tons of people do this because it's fun. The sonar? Well. Or just whatever he to, just did. Well, to dam- destroy your speakers, people do this all the time. Right. So the idea is that he plugs it in the wall. It bzz, buzzes because it's alternating current and the speakers will shake. And he can use it to see if where it's hollow in the wall. Right. Because it's making a noise. So that's fine. It's really loud. Like, it's really loud when you do this. Yes. And the speakers instantly overheat and start to smoke and burn. Yeah. And probably catch fire. They generally catch fire. So you're saying that this MacGyverism was implausible. I think it, (laughs) under the right circumstances, he might have been able to make something work. But I think the people upstairs are like, what the hell is that sound? Right. And then as he's holding it, 
Oh. It would have gotten super hot, and white smoke would have started pouring out of it. Yep. Yep. So I'm just saying. No, I, I think. I'm just, no. You have proven it implausible for yeah. what the fuck he did. Yeah, but <laughs> if anything, for pulling a, the connector off of the plug by hand. Oh, yeah. No, no. So sure enough, he finds a hollow spot in the wall. At the same time that he hears Alice Dare and the men open the door and come down, so like he like right. very quickly unplugs it, shuts everything off, hides the speakers, and just like sits there with his knee up it's on like, the radio. Hi guys, oh, hey guys, we're just sitting here talking about you know Chinese things. <laughs> like, okay, Whatever, cool. So Alice Dare is like, <clears throat> Luke, you're gonna you're gonna sell me the Jade Dragon, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Luke's like, Nope, definitely not gonna do <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> so yeah. MacGyver, MacGyver's basically like. Give me a couple minutes here. I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and convince him. And Alistair looks at his watch. He goes, "You've got five minutes." You've and he leaves. I'm minutes. like, "Fucking kid, are you kidding me?" Right. So he leaves. And so of course, MacGyver right. and Luke open the <sighs> escape tunnel and they leave. And they well, they go. Oh, before into he does, he shorts. He breaks the bulb and shorts out the lights. So, so the lights in the basement are off. Right. But then the lights in the escape tunnel are on. That's what I thought too. From nowhere, right? Where are they being powered through? Right, and they're still on. Like there was no switch. I would imagine they're not being powered from that same switch that's at the top of the basement stairs because that light is off. I don't know. I don't know. And then when he basically when they get in there, it was just a closed room. It didn't go anywhere. It was a dead end. It was an opium lab, according to MacGyver, that they used to use. Like, oh, this is an opium lab. I know this because back when I was in. I just I just know what an opium. I just know what these like. things do. Okay, so shut up, Luke. Shut up, MacGyver. Luke. I didn't say anything. Shut up, Luke. Shut your mouth and go get me the, the, the those braces over there. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Uh, okay. Cool. So he has Luke actually start ripping apart like the packing paper from the opium. Right. And they start creating like a, a frame from from the pieces of wood around like a big just like a, just like the big giant door frame. Yeah. Sure. And he covers the paper with mud and he gets like soot and dirt from the ground and he's basically what he's doing is he's taking the opium papers and he's going to pull them really tightly around the frame to make it look like a mm-hmm. fake wall. Yeah. Um, and I'm like thinking this whole time because as this is happening Alistair, Raymond, and Tew come down to the cellar and they're like they take way too long to realize right. that they're gone right uh, like, Tew finally sees that somebody hit the, the the dirt in front of the wall had been disrupted right. so clearly there was a door there she's like god th- there's a secret passage here someplace so I'm thinking to myself this whole time so we, we do kind of cuts back and forth between them setting up the wall and the three of them looking for MacGyver and Luke hmm. And I'm like, they, you got to check the timing on this because I feel like it, this should not have taken. First of all, you got to let that all that shit dry. Yep. And you're building a door. Basically, you're building a giant frame, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be pulling this opium paper really tight over the top of the frame. The timing was way off. There's no effing reason and no <laughs> effing way that it should have taken them that quickly. Right. To build a fake wall. I don't care. MacGyver time is just its own time. It's, it's, it's time is time is irrelevant. Irrelevant. God, I have to stop. Um, so they get in to the tunnel, and they're like, "Oh, they didn't get out. They're they're not in here." And somebody's yeah. like, "Well, they just fucking disappear, right? <laughs> like, find them. They're here. They have to be in here." So I love this scene. So Tew notices MacGyver's Swiss Army knife, like sitting under like some water. Yeah, and she's like, "Guys, I, th- I think they're over here. Let's go over here." And so she picks up the Swiss Army knife, and at the same time, she does that. Luke and MacGyver come out of the wall fists first yeah like ah. diving fists like, like straight through <laughs> macgyver punches to you and luke punches um raymond right down to the ground and alistair is the only one left and he opens he takes the gun out and i don't know if he actually opens fire i think he mm. takes a couple of shots 
Yeah. They duck for cover, and then Luke uses like the bellows from the stove right. to blow this the ash yeah. into Alistair's face, incapacitating him enough. So he goes down to the ground. Right. And MacGyver walks over. Because at this point, Luke is holding a gun in Alistair's right. face. And MacGyver is right. just like taking his time. Because at any yeah. point, Luke yeah. could pull the trigger and yeah. shoot his And MacGyver is just like, yeah, we did it. Cool. Good, good job, nice Luke. job, man. Hey, give me that boomstick. And yeah, and so we fade out and we come back into the literal finale of the episode. And we go ahead here and Luke comes in, MacGyver and Pete are in the office of the Jade Dragon. Mm-hmm. And Luke walks in and uh he uh he takes over the scene right here. So, what do you think? It looks good. It's perfect. Well, I don't know if perfect's quite the word for it. Well, what's wrong? It fits fine. He's wearing a tie. Well, what's wrong with a tie? It's a tie. I've already learned so much, especially from you, MacGyver. Yeah? What have you learned? I've learned that I've got a lot to learn. (laughs) Oh, yes, you do, sir. Oh, yeah. And that's the end of the season. (laughs) That's it. It just... It didn't feel. We said it at the beginning of the episode, and I'll say it again. This was not a season finale. Nope. As a standalone episode, I thought it was really good. I thought it was really well done, and we'll get into that in eh, a few minutes. Okay. But as a season finale, it just it felt like this should have been like episode twenty of twenty two. Right. Not like twenty it, of it was twenty. T- maybe towards the end, or it just ended. I just I don't know. I didn't like it. And then they take five months off. Five and a half months off. Right. Because this is the beginning of May, and the other one's the end of October. So five and a half months off. And they they label the next episode like a Halloween special, which is why they aired it on Halloween. But mm-hmm. they took that much time off, and that's yeah. how they end the season. It's kind of weak. It seems like an afterthought or a mistake or something. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah. as as an episode itself, and I took it points away from it just because of the fact that it wasn't it wasn't finale esque. No, it wasn't. Not one bit. I'm gonna go over my mullets first. Okay. So I got one mullet for the exploding arrow. One mullet for Ernie Reyes Jr. As I liked him, actually. Okay. I thought he was a good character. I got one mullet for the Jer June with the thing with his uncle. Yeah. I, I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> and one mullet for the parking garage fight. I go four. I gave it a four mullets on the episode. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the villains, which is why I didn't credit them here. I thought yeah. they were just like, eh, all right, whatever. But like, okay. I liked everything surrounding them. I just wish that was a better part. Okay. And I wish it was a better finale. But I still go four mullets on it. Wow. Okay. I mean, you, all right. I see some points. Yes. I, I see some points there. What, what did you go so for, Greg? You, you might have talked me into another one, but I'm not sure. So okay, let's hear it. One is... Half a mullet for the exploding crossbow bolt because I've ne- I've never seen that before, and just yeah. thinking about if you're going to assassinate someone with a crossbow, why not have the bolt blow up? Yeah, ah, so that's fucking great. I hadn't seen that before, kind of like that. Um, and I gave it one and a half mullets for the flight scene, the fight scene. Okay, so uh, that's it actually. So no, I wanted to put the fight scene in, and I did. So that's only two mullets. I didn't like it. Okay, I didn't like it very much. That's fine because it felt too much like the Wish Child. Yeah, there was definitely a mysticism surrounding it yeah, that it felt was just not way too much like the Wish Child. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the only thing that was missing was James Hong and uh, and uh, George Takai. Oh, well, do you think he just had it like his George? Do you think he just didn't feel like bringing out his George Takai doll? No, no. <laughs> oh yeah. my! Oh my! MacGyver. Yeah. Oh MacGyver! Is it time to take me out? Take me, take him out of his closet. Is it playtime, MacGyver? Uh, shut up, George. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, if anybody wants to l- listen to us talk about the uh, the Wish Child episode, 
Let's go way on back to season two, episode four. And, uh, I believe that's like twenty, episode twenty six of Mullets and Memories. Yeah, go ahead back there. It's a fun episode. Actually. It's a fun. It's we, actually we fun. Good. We had a good time with that one. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that's that's gonna that's the end of the season. I man. don't. I don't feel like it should be. I know. Um. But you know what? You know what it is time for. What, what's it time it's for? Time for the season three recap in the next episode. Oh, that's gonna be good. It's always one of my favorite parts, and it's always a really easy record for you and I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Because we're total idiots. So yeah. So next episode, you'll have to look forward to. You'll get the season three recap, and then you'll get the season four premiere. Um. W- with the next release. So hopefully, you guys are looking forward to that one. We always have a good time recording that. So. If you guys liked what you heard tonight, uh, go ahead and reach out to us and let us know. Uh, let us blow your mind at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Champa and Klein Blow Your Mind. You can find us on Twitter at Blow Your Mind 14. Instagram is at Champa Klein. Uh, you can find us on our website, champacline.com. Um, so I will admit that I've been very lax about updating that website. So <laughs> some point soon I'll be, I'll be getting the rest of the episodes up there. So um, go ahead and check that out. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's gonna wrap it for season three. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's been a, it's been an up and down season, but you'll get our definitive ratings with the next episode. So that's gonna wrap it for this week. So for Mullets and Memories, episode sixty four. I am Dave Champa. I'm Greg Klein. Have a good week, guys. Well, and maybe it's time.